Hello, everybody listening. Thank you for listening. Uh, as you know, we'll be getting pretty high during this show, and we invite you to get high where legally possible, of course. It just might make it a little bit more enjoyable to get on our level. So thank you, and enjoy the show. <laughs> Do you want any more? <laughs> I tolerance. And I'm Sarah, and you're listening to High Tolerance, a show where we'll be reviewing different strains of weed and finding the best ones to help you cope with all of life's worries and bullshit. So the way it works is we smoke a different strain of weed that's related to our topic, and we always have a special guest join us in each episode. So today our guest is Robin Moxie, indigenous storyteller and activist. She's been on the show before. Hey, Robin. We spoke to Robin a few months ago about entitlement in America from a Native's perspective and what that means. And given recent events uh, and the lack of media attention around and Indigenous communities and COVID, we decided to follow up with her and find out how these communities have been affected. So today we're going to be smoking True OG, as once again, we are with the OG of America. But first, a little info on our strain. So True OG, we got it from Rosebud Growers from Relief here in Portland. And it's originally a Southern California weed where OG actually meant ocean grown, but we're having liberty with that today. (laughs) Um, And it's a potent enough for a mellow lasting effects combined with a more focused head high. We know that it's more indica dominant. We chose that on purpose, (laughs) given the heavy subject. Not to laugh at that. Uh, But anyway, flowers have a pungent, crisp, citrus, and evergreen scent. It sounds like a fucking candle. So let's spark this up and try it, shall we? So yeah, so everyone's smoking their own joint. COVID measures. We're safe. (coughs) High tolerance keeps it safe. Don't worry, I'm not coughing at anyone. So how's it? What does it taste like? You know, it's funny. You always ask me first, and this time I gotta tell you, I I can't. I don't. I, do, I, don't, I taste the skunky flavor for real. I'm getting like a barbecue vibe. I'm getting, getting like a men's why. cologne vibe. <laughs> I don't know why. The aftertaste though tastes kind of uh, chemically isn't like. That's interesting. Chemically is a weird word to use. Yeah, like yeah, that is. I'm trying, but mm. it's it's. But I don't know if it's all the hand sanitizer that I have over everything. And it was like, maybe I got hand sanitizer on the tip. And so I'm just... Oh. So it tastes sanitized? Oh, wait. It's basically... It's a joint that's like laced in hand sanitizer. I I rolled it. I don't know if I had. Oh, my no. hands were clean. I have, I have this thing. Oh, I've shit. That is, a, a whole that is oh, like a gallon of the hand, hand sanitizer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Trent saw me coming out of the Uber. I had a raincoat on, gloves. I have like an entire process. Yeah, we're oh, so Oh, wait, we're, you did have a raincoat on. I didn't register. That's crazy. It's a sunny day in Portland, a rarity. <laughs> I just want to add. So the raincoat. I have it's a whole routine, really thanks to Naomi Campbell, when I get into an Uber. Oh, yeah. yeah. The window's down. I, oh, I have, aside from this hand sanitizer, I also have spray hand sanitizer, and I spray the back seat. I wipe it down. It's, I feel bad. I mean, no, you got to do what you got to do. We're, that's the thing is, like, we're living in a really fucking weird time, and, like, we were talking about this, like, what's everyone doing to, like, fucking survive COVID right now? And, like, having your routine of whatever, do that wipe down an Uber before. <laughs> well, I just feel like Ubers are going to be, not because of the specific person, but just the concept of an Uber is just, yeah, like, this, like, revolving door of disease. Yeah. And I feel so bad being a customer right now because I don't want to put them in that position but at the same time, I was like, well... Did like, you ever catch any drivers without their mask? Well, this is literally the second time that... Or third time, I think, since this entire thing has gone on that I've taken Ubers. And oh. I stopped taking the bus, which I love. You know, it was one of those where it's like, I'm learning to walk. And it feels so weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Didn't you take the bus the other day? Dude, yeah. I, so I, I joined one of the protests that was in my house, so I just walked with them. And then I was like, nah, I don't want to take a bus. Or I don't want to take an Uber because I was freaked out. So I was like, oh, I'll just walk home because it wasn't that far. It was an unthink. Yeah. 
And uh, oh, you were there too? No shit. Anyway, <laughs> Sarita was there too. <laughs> anyway. So basically, so, what happened was Sarah was sitting on her balcony. And apparently they walked yeah. by, and then she just joined it. Yeah, I was I was That's actually a, editing. A, a, I'm not on microphone, but we were looking for you. No shit. And we were going, Sarah, dude, because I, I, I think I saw you. I think we were the last. All right, so I saw. Uh, all right, so I was actually finishing episode of a high tolerance. No shit. I think it was visibility. And then I heard the screaming from my balcony, and I was like, what the fuck? And I looked outside, and they're like, calm down. It was the front of the parade. I mean, not parade, protest. Yeah. It's like a parade, <laughs> Fuck, but in Portland, the way they do it, it's yeah. like... And the way that fun. the like, people It's fun, it, it's man. Like, like People like, are like, yeah. like It's like there's like musicians out there. I assume the that in New Orleans, they're having the same kind of protest. Stuff here, whether it's like protest or what, is so vastly different. I went to Juneteenth thinking... Houston, like Juneteenth, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was not at all what was going on. But at the same, and it, look, I don't know, because there, there's part of me that it's like, on one hand, you want to be like, oh, there's so much diversity here, and it's great. But then there's a part of me that's like, it's it still f- feels very performative, mm-hmm. and not to not to specifically hate on like Portland, but that part. No, it's Ugh. true. Like it, I was vaguely yeah. like kind of uncomfortable because I'm thinking like when they go home, are they actually going to unpack what they learned, or are they more concerned with just being seen? Because the amount of people who were posting this, the amount of people talking about it, but what they were posting was that I'm here. It's very much like their experience of this, and not this is this experience teaching this. I don't know. It's their voices that I'm still. Wait, but we're talking about the bus. Oh, oh yeah, so I took the bus. <laughs> Man, that weed hits. Yeah. <laughs> I took the bus and like, yo, no one was on it. Like actually, to be honest, I took the bus and I felt perfectly fine when I, I mean Just I completely undressed. Yeah. yeah. I completely undressed and threw my shit off like bef- and I took off my shoes before I even got in my apartment and threw them in my mudroom. But like I honestly yeah it was fine like i was like i feel perfectly fine there was one other person on it and he was coming from the march too like it was that that's kind of incredible and it I'm looked still... really clean too which was shocking because portland buses sometimes look really clean but sometimes like no i think <laughs> it's possible to take the bus here without touching anything because you have yeah your, like the you just apple lean. thing or the, yeah or the something cheap like that my like that Uber kind of driver <laughs> last night put a plastic film to separate his area from my area and was like he was like telling me this whole process that he goes through and he's like because there's all this disease back there <laughs> i actually that shit got me fucking ripped i know i like this the pulse track i, what could, I honestly <laughs> i like, like we should per- do this check it down what talking about <laughs> okay so look how long has it been wait so yeah so we're about to do 10 minutes, it's yeah. 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> guys so uh we're doing a new thing a check-in 10 minutes in this has not been done before Everyone's just baked. Yeah, I didn't even smoke it and I'm baked. I <laughs> <laughs> I lost you in the conversation. I like had no idea what you're talking about. Dude, it's fine. I think I lost myself at one point. But it feels Not good, unusual. right? It doesn't feel sleepy. It was one of those where I was like, is the room foggy or am I just I like know. squinting my eyes? No, we're all squinting our eyes. I feel this is like, honestly, this hit me like fucking hard and fast. And like, I'm tingly and happy it feels good. and chill to talk about some heavy shit. <laughs> Speaking of heavy shit. Thank you, Trin. Speaking of heavy shit, as we were talking about COVID, um... We saw some crazy shit in the news, um, which is that, you know, we've learned recently that, like, Native people have a higher COVID mortality rate than whites, Latins, and, wait, whites, Latins, and <laughs> Asians, sorry. Robin, you fact-checking this? I am, because... Do it. There's also, like, I think anytime you start talking about Native, dem- like, data, the big problem is who's collecting this data and how do they That's why I wanted themselves. to talk about this yeah. shit, too, though. <laughs> and because, so, like... I think it's always really important. This isn't... The, the other thing that you want to watch out for is, like, it's not a matter of, like... Sorry. You know, in terms of this isn't some sort of like oppression Olympics of like we have it worse. But what happens with indigenous people specifically, 
what we see this happen all the time is there's a complete erasure. We're just not yeah. even on the table. That's why MMIW, which is one of the biggest grassroots movements in Indian country right now, is going on because it stands for missing and murdered indigenous women. And the reason why we have such high rates of missing and murdered indigenous women, they don't keep stats on us. We're not people. So that's what I was reading was actually, it was like that in Massachusetts and it's like one of like, I think it was like 12 states or something like that, that basically like they're like native people are just like lumped into the other category even like yeah so like you it, it's so hard to track data when you are just lumped into an other category and there's like also what is that you can't actually like quantify that right right on top of the fact when you're when you have data about native americans how is that defined because again we have this whole the America has this interesting myth that they love to perpetuate in families where there's this like distant Cherokee princess grandmother, um, which oftentimes may or may not be the case. And that, But what we do see is oftentimes people who claim that have no responsibility, no connection to the community, which doesn't mean that they're not, but it's a very interesting thing, this phenomenon of wanting to claim something, but also not wanting any of the oppression, any of the responsibility with it. What, how that translates to this, sorry, I get, I'm trying to keep <laughs> It's <focused>. hard. <laughs> but it's hard. How that comes into play with this is you have a lot of people who, in a sense, sort of bloat these numbers. And so there's a disproportionate amount of help that goes to outside areas. But reservations, when you're talking specifically about reservations, they still have the highest rates. But reservations are sovereign nations, and I don't Mm -hmm. think people get that. We are our own country. We have our own government. We are, because of the whole relationship with the United States and how, like, you know, the mass genocide that they've enacted on us and they still perpetuate they're we are still under their thumb in a lot of ways but we're very much a sovereign nation and how i mean an easy way to define that is a sovereign nation you have your own government you have your own constitution you have your own laws you have your own courts you have your own police what happens though is we, we've been repeatedly every time we get on our feet there's some sort of like they come in and take stuff whether it's land or this or our, even our own bodies um, this constantly happens we're not the only community this happens to but when you have small communities the last stage when you're talking about let's go back to what genocide is as a whole when you talk about genocide the actual last and this is this is something that I encourage people to really start reading about the last stage of genocide is erasure and that's happened like that's Mm -hmm. what's going on right now and so when people but i think that's why it hurts even more when people want to run around with these like war bonnets and they want to wear our stuff and like burn sage not understanding everything that goes into that and how like for most of us who live on the res we're not even allowed to do it because of the, like the laws that the government imposes on top of us, even though we have our own laws. So I have my own tribal ID. I have my own tribal paperwork. If I was coming from another country like Norway and I had my own paperwork, it would be accepted. If I wanted to travel, it would be a legitimate document. It's your passport, your driver's license. We're how the government decided to like I always think about it like they cut off our legs and they told us to run because they're like, you guys are sovereign. You guys are good now. After, you know, years of genocide and oppression and setting us up to fail. So what they do now is like, we have our own paperwork. Oh, but it's not valid here. So in order to leave this area, you can't. And part of the whole reservation system, well, why it was even defined in the first place and how it started was literally, that's where the phrase off the reservation comes from. Because if we left the reservation, they legally had the right to kill us. I mean, again, the government has never hidden their dislike of us. It seems so contradictory. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, like, impossible. It's like a catch-22. They, like, the government has never hidden their dislike of us. It's something that's, the fact that Columbus, who's never even stepped foot in the contiguous United States, and yet for some reason people keep saying he discovered it, and it's like the man was, like, somewhere near Haiti and Puerto Rico, and he was over killing, I think, I believe it's, Tano, like I can never, 
I'm not sure I'm correctly pronouncing that. Um, the Tano uh, indigenous people that were in Puerto Rico at the time. Because mm. um, the thing is, he wrote journals about how they would play soccer with our heads. Like, he wrote journals of the torture that they did to indigenous people down there. He never stepped foot in these places. But by enacting a statue of him, you're saying, fuck you, like, to yeah. indigenous folks. When people put, when make Mount Rushmore the cornerstone of America... Do people not understand that every single one of those presidents up there ordered the killing of us? And what they did was, and on top of it, that's in the Black Hills, which are a sacred mountain to a lot of Lakota, Dakota, and Nakota people. So you're going to put the faces of the oppressors in that mountain? You're going to put Columbus in the middle of, like, the street? Like, you're going to tell natives that we're not even people in our own country? Again, in the Constitution, it literally says um, it guarantees people to freedom. It guarantees people to happiness. Five paragraphs later, it says against the merciless Indian savages. Sorry, it's probably the uh, Declaration of Independence. But this is what I mean. The government has never hidden their oppression of us. What happened was collectively, it was just added up, compounded on, and now people have forgotten about us. So when we talk about COVID rates, when we talk about data, when we talk about like issues going on, we're not even allowed at the table anymore. When, when people, and that's what's so upsetting is when people talk about racism, specifically in the US, you cannot have a true conversation about racism without including indigenous folks. Otherwise you are perpetuating racism by that very talk. And so all these companies and organizations that want to say that they're about it, it's performative because you never did your homework. And like, and then again, if people want to, at the end of the day, I'm not going to gatekeep another indigenous person. If you want to claim you're indigenous, great. But are you oppressing us by you just wanting to claim it when it benefits you? Are you saying something? Because it's uncomfortable. And that's what a lot of people who don't, who don't have to, because like, I'm racially, culturally, and ethnically indigenous. Like there's no, like I don't get that sort of, and I I would never tell another, because that's the other thing, is a lot of, there's a lot of relationship that I think when you look at indigenous folks, black folks, and Latin folks in the US have because of a lot of us share indigenous roots or just how the government has treated us in a lot of ways. Because when you talk about the U.S., again, it was built on indigenous bodies. No doubt. It was built on our bodies. But it was built on the backs of black and indigenous people. We are the only people that have claim to this land. And so when you want to talk about this country and then not want to include an integral member of it, that like... that's. It makes me think of this land is your land. This land (laughs) is my land. It's so fucking creepy. It's so like... Evil. Well, didn't yes. you see like the uh, list of nursery rhymes that came out the other day that like you didn't know this was racist? Well, think about like, it. One fucking little, all two of little, them. three yeah. little Indians. Oh, the God. fact yeah. that like yeah. what got me during oh, there's, like, dude, there's the Washington few, Redskins. Like, it's you know, up. when this is all going on, the Washington Redskins. And when I say all going on, we're talking about Black Lives Matter right now. We're talking. The Washington Redskins decided to do that whole performative. I'm gonna post a black box on my on my Instagram. But the idea of a team (laughs) that is perpetuating our erasure, that is marginalizing us. And just so you know, the term comes from back in the, as as soon as the 1800s. Because it's like, this went back, they've been, genocide started in 1492 and it's continued. But as recent as the late 1800s, they would put ads in newspapers and Again, this is all, you can fact check it. They would put ads in papers paying $200 for people to get red skins, meaning to kill us. Because again, we're not people. And the government upheld this. We were talking about this earlier. Andrew Jackson, the reins on his horses were made out of indigenous people's skin. (gasps) Like we were not considered real people. We weren't even allowed to have our own schools till 1968. Because again, this idea of us not being people. We weren't... my my dad was taken away from his mom as a kid solely because the concept of like a native parent can't be a good parent so there was like this mass sweeping of like parents trying to hide their children when they would sweep onto the res which again the reservation system is very flawed right now but it is what we have people on it and so my concern isn't like you got to look at what the big issue is right now in terms of like 
okay, like, yeah, we got to dismantle the system and everything, but right now there are actively people dying. How do we get aid? How do we get help? How do we get well, yeah. noise? So right. that was like, talk about it. Yeah, much. so that's like, what's what, going yeah. on. Like, well, and on the reses. Exactly. During COVID. Okay. Like, so I know, they don't talk about it. Yeah, like, you were telling us the other day that in Seattle and Washington, they had asked, for like PPA and COVID tests and you were sent body bags and stuff. So this isn't the first time this happened on the Navajo Nation. Just to give you an idea. Let me, let me, we're going to talk mainly about the Navajo Nation just because like there are more stats readily available. The Navajo Nation has, there's 567 federally recognized tribes in the U.S. Some of these tribes, like my own tribe, have less than 600 people. You have other tribes that have like, a thousand people then you have tribes like the navajo nation that have over a hundred thousand people um oh, it's very okay. rare to have a tribe like that but the navajo nation also the difference between the navajo nation and like well the cherokee nation doesn't have a specific reservation right now they have like reserved land which is different again these are all policies that we could go talk about them for days but the Navajo Nation, they're also one of the only tribes that permanently has an office to lobby in D.C. They're politically like a powerhouse, which other tribes are too, but we don't have that opportunity. Again, when you're talking about, I don't think people realize this land was all of our people. Like, it was our entire, and the fact that we are less than 2% of the population, think about that. How did that occur? So when we're talking about COVID on Navajo Nation, I think, one, it's important to start talking about the size. The reservation is larger than Ireland, it's like side, like land-wise. Yeah. Um, it's larger than the state of Delaware. I mean, the, these are massive reservations. We have more cases per capita than New York or New Jersey. When we asked the government for help, instead of sending us PPE, they sent us body bags. But this isn't the first time this happened. This happened during H1N1. This happened during, because this is just another form of, they, they don't care about us. We're the problem the government decided to solve by ignoring us. And then everyone else who was colonized under it upholds that. And that isn't a dig at like every single person, but I'm saying like, the history books that we're reading, all of this, the fact that we have sports teams named after us, people don't think that's a big deal, but it is because what happens is people stop seeing us as people and they start seeing us as cartoon characters or relics of the past. You ask anybody to name five famous natives, they won't be able to do it. They'll tell you Geronimo, no. they'll tell you Pocahontas. And this is because they don't see us as currently living beings. And so when we complain about the government not giving us like PPE, we, we, yeah, we're in this tiny little vacuum that they created. And then also when you're talking about why, why COVID became such a thing, one of the only sources of revenue reservations had, which is really disgusting when you think about it, but it becomes tourism because so the few, the, the, the few things that we have, which is the small piece of land parcel, which I mean, we had way more land than that from the beginning, but now we're given the small piece of land, but we're told we can't do this, we can't do that. They usually ruin, I, back in the early 1900s, they were coming in and burning our crops and stuff like that. They poisoned our land, they poisoned our water. A lot of reservations still don't have clean water or access to water. And so this created, there was nothing, I, I, I always get kind of like caught on this because I never want to put, like, I, I mean, Rez's life, <laughs> yeah. Res and I you never want to disrespect the area that you're you're from, but you also it's really important to point out the issues with it. And it was like they opened uranium mines on our reservations. They opened this, they poisoned this area, and yet so all we have to offer people, the one thing that we have, we have to open it up to them. Which is another form of just like Does that actually happen? So I have a question about that, because it's crazy you're like to me, it sounds like what happened with the body bags and like everything that you've told us in the past and talked about, it sounds like a slow erasure of people's, like of an intentional, like it, slow, exactly lack of, but then is. like it's turning it into out. a theme park uh -huh. essentially is the other end of it. Which like how the, how, cause those are, it, it seems like almost, they're not, con it's not contradictory, but I'm just curious, like they're turning, they're trying to erase your people, which is fucked. But then making some kind of theme park out of it too. Which almost. to me seems like a logical genocidal step. Because okay. you're like, not only did we 
I don't want to say kill off these people because I'm sitting here. Now we're just like, it's kind of like a final fuck you. Like you guys are so worthless that not also you have to open up your land and your bodies to us as well. And that's oh. what it feels like. And you talk to a lot of natives about this. And a lot of us are really torn when it comes to casinos and stuff like this, because it's like, we have so many other things to offer, but the one thing that people want from us is our land or they want, stories of our pain people love hearing about native pain they don't want to hear about native glory they don't want to hear about native happiness they want to hear about native pain but like that's sometimes when i think about covid i was like is the only reason people starting to care now because this was going on and people started to kind of pick it up in the new york times and stuff like this like starting in april and you're seeing more but i was like more people were upset that a native was removed from the Land of Lakes package, that butter package, than they've ever been about missing and murdered indigenous women. More people are upset that potentially the Redskins could change that racist name than they've ever been about us. More people are upset with Columbus, one of the figures of our genocide, being removed than they've ever been about us. And that's what all of this means. And so... And then on top of it, we're not even talking about the, the, the actual issues that reservations have been put into where a lot of us still don't have running water or access to electricity or when you don't have running water during a pandemic. And, and for those of you who, who've grown up with running water, maybe you don't know how this works, but basically what you do is like once a week you fill up your water, like you have these barrels, you drive down and on some reservations it can be like an hour trip, a two hour trip to haul water, bring it back home, and then you reuse that water. I remember like we would have to reuse bath water when I was really, really little during the winters. And I, that's just how it goes. And that is not necessarily, it's not that we're unhygienic, but we don't have any other options. So when you're talking about COVID and the main thing that you have to do is wash your hands and you have to stay away from people and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa we don't even have this like, basic access to running water not because we've never wanted it but that infrastructure has not been provided for us because every time natives start to get on their feet something else happens in fact as this is all going on as all of the nation has been like their attention has been so split on these other things one of the oldest tribes the wampanoag literally trump just ordered them to disband and, and when you talk about the Wampanoag natives, like not to get too much into that, but the Wampanoags were the first tribe that met the pilgrims. Holy they God, were the wow. tribe. And so to have them disbanded. What's the, what's the reason? There's, yeah, what's there's the no re reason. It like hits the way that his, and he's not the only, pro I mean, I mean, you have horrible presidents. The fact that we have, we literally have policies called the Indian termination policy. We were under the Department of War. It's like written on paper. Yeah. yeah. There's like a lot of evidence. Yeah. <laughs> the Declaration of Independence literally calls us, after saying everyone is equal, says against the merciless Indian savages. Because we're not people. And I keep trying to get this across. I don't, but I always feel conflicted because I think when I was growing up, I would never hear people talk about natives. I would see mascots of us. I would see this and I wouldn't hear it. And the one or two times I would hear people talk about us, it was always negative. And I would think about that. I remember like one time I was, I think it was like episode of Oprah and like someone was talking about how like the native expectancy rate, life expectancy was 48 years old, which is true fact um, oh, on our res at least. And then, but the thing is you internalize that and you're just like, well, What's the point? Yeah. Like, what's, Why is that? Uh, we, there's a lot of issues that are compounded. You have We have the highest rate of suicide. We have the highest rates of diabetes because we don't have access. I mean, when you talk about food deserts, that's us. When you talk about... And the thing is, that doesn't mean that there aren't other groups in the U.S. that have these issues. Mm -hmm. Again, people don't keep stats on us. People don't... I've... It always blows my mind when I talk to people who've never been to a reservation. Like, they might have been to casino one time or something like this but if you don't or it's not even reservations rural parts of america which are mainly populated by people of color are a very treated very differently and it's not to say rural 
parts of America, like in Appalachia, like they have it easy. But I think people need to start talking about more. This is also why I get upset when people start dogging on the South. Because it's like, when people are dogging on the South and saying like it's racist down there and stuff like that, I'm not discounting that. What I'm getting upset with is there's a certain amount of privilege to be able to lump the entire South as a white area because you're erasing all the black history down there, especially all the indigenous history down there and the packet, the like the pockets of people in these rich cultures that we've created, but we are so marginalized. We're never seen on the news and those people don't get it. Cause you have the Mississippi Choctaw that never get talked about. You have just let's talk about Alabama. Let's talk about Mississippi and all the different black communities down there building amazing things. All the black universities down there that are doing amazing things. And yet People always want to say, well, the South is racist. Well, I live in Oregon. I don't know about you, but my experience <laughs> here has not been yeah, like, so the greatest ever. And it's, again, I think there's a lot of people are really quick to point fingers and say, well, this group has it worse and this area is doing it worse. And at least at least we're not the South. And it's like, that's not even the point. The point is you're still America and you're still upholding these racist, oppressive laws. And you're still actively contributing to my erasure. Like, that scares me a lot because after realizing, holy shit, what I know nothing about indigenous people in America. Yeah. And I was born here. It's, and that is so scary that some people may never know. Yeah. Or they probably will never know. They might not ever know unless we start changing history books. I like, there's a tribe in Florida, I believe it was called the Calusas, that were one of something that was really interesting about them. I read it in my book that's about climate change. Sad book to read right now. <laughs> um,. But um, we really should have taken note. So they were like um, basically a nomadic tribe, but on water. So they learned how to live in every fucking season in Florida, which it's mostly rainy season, but like built these incredible structures that were like it, that were mobile and like in water. And maybe I'm wrong about them, but this is what I had read about. And then basically they were wiped out by Ponce de Leon which now we have so many streets named and after I like to use and the like, term murdered. I like to not yeah. hide under Sorry, words. murdered, yeah. then yes. Um, murdered. And there's, like, basically nothing really left of them, and they were just so knowledgeable, too, about the seasons in Florida, how the waters worked, how how to survive in that fucking swamp land. Again, agriculture. What people don't talk about is contributions that black and indigenous people made in this country. And they turn around and say, we built everything. We being like, white people made this entire area. And it's like, no, no, no. You took it off of our backs. And we need to say more about this. Whether we're talking about the development of certain like key integral agriculture pieces, whether we're talking about even things as silly as like, Hockey, which I just learned the other day, like I knew natives had invented it. I didn't realize the NHL was created by a <gasps> black man. I cannot think of his name, no but it was shit. like. Whoa. But the thing is, I can't name a single native hockey player. Not to say that there aren't. I don't know anything about hockey, but like the point is, <laughs> it's like even as a native person, this erasure exists. But even as like, and this isn't to like shame or condemn people. This is literally to point out, stop questioning me when I tell you I'm upset. Stop telling me how to regulate my anger because you don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't know what this is like. And I get really irritated because everyone tells us to wait our turn. Are We don't have that time. There's less than 600 of my people left. What are left. you talking about? You were first in line. We were first in line, but they took our place. Like, And when I say they, I mean white people. They put their oppression above all of ours. They they yes. fixed it so we Reverse think... racism. Yeah. Well, yeah. not... No, no, no. That's <laughs> that that gets cool. cut out. <laughs> that doesn't exist. Okay. Yeah. That's what they say. That's what they call yeah. it. How dare you? Because <laughs> you grow up and you hear about their stories and you hear about their pain, but in a modern sense, so you grow up. Because any yeah. thinking person... I don't think people are they inherently make you feel like bad. Your pain doesn't exist yeah. because it's not in our movies. Yeah, and, yeah. and clearly, yeah. and th- I mean, this has been proven. Like, well, the story's not told from that. Medical books too. claim that we don't experience pain in the same way that we do. That we're, I mean, we're built to tolerate heavy pain. I believe the black community is in the same Dude, position I as us. We're the like name the when because you know how like uh, Puerto Rico and Philippines they aren't considered like. 
state, a country, part of the U.S., but they're, they're like, territories. territories. Yeah. yeah. So, like, in the early, like, 1900s, there was, like, some doctor that worked for the, I don't know, I'm, like, getting all the facts wrong, but for the government, like, he does, like, research mm-hmm. medicine, and he just would experiment on, in Puerto Rico on people. Okay. It was just, like, really fucked up, and then he got caught because he wrote a letter where he literally writes, like, how racist, or I forgot what he said, but. I mean, Nazis like, did that shit. Well, Nazis. They fucking literally had, I mean. Nazis what? took notes on how the U.S. government, proven fact, they took notes on how the U.S. government treated indigenous people. In Mein Kampf, Hitler's oh, book, shit. he Mid- repeatedly Mid- underscores. Wow. That's why. We like, should sue the United States. Dude, it is a chat, but we get, again, The we, history that we learn ain't the history that's right. This is where, <laughs> like, media and representation is, like, silly as people want to say. Because, again, I'm not coming from, like, my, my background was academia. Like, my background was science. And one of the things you would run into is, like, if we don't have the data on this, if we didn't do the research in the correct way, and I respect that. But the thing is, it exists in a vacuum because it's very privileged people who can get their hands on on these journals, who can get access and mm-hmm. afford access to these these schools of higher ed. And I say that as a person who's a proud like tribal college alumni and stuff. It still is a place of privilege, and. Right now, I don't think we have the time to be like, well, we can get our, our entire community in school and like we the next generation is going to take it over. One, that's not fair to the next generation. The next generation is already struggling because like they're having to deal with this. And then our generation, not to put all of it on us, but it's in a sense of like, what can we do now? And that's where I view media film like these are areas where you can touch a lot of people and at the end of the day it's showing people that you're like them so many people talk to me and i in the middle of the conversation i realize oh they don't view me as a person because of tiny things sometimes it's like when they say like you speak really well and i just like wait what like <laughs> or you know and people are like no no it's a compliment and it's like Mm. what is it yeah (laughs) or like you know it's those tiny little things where they start saying things and you realize oh you 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 didn't view me as you or my favorite uh the one that makes me cry is when people love to tell me you know what when i started talking to you i didn't even realize you were indigenous or think about it because (laughs) you just you're just like one of us and it's like oh my god Oh my god! <laughs> like on Whoa. so many levels. What, one of them. what is your reaction? Do you just like brush it off? Uh, or do you, like I, I've so my teens. <laughs> like I, I was a very angry kid. I don't know if it was cause yeah, nah, it's not because I'm indigenous. I was just I, you know, I didn't necessarily have the best handle on like articulating emotions mm-hmm. and from the kind of life I have and just like how we were raised, like. Um, like being weak is not a thing. Like, don't be weak. Uh, so luckily I got therapy when I was older and I've learned to sort of calm down. I also had this amazing, uh, coworker, uh, back in like, wow. It was like probably one of my first, um, fellowships in BC and she pulled me aside and she was like, look, I understand. Because the thing about being in D.C. for me that I don't... I I was finally getting senators to listen to me. I was finally... Whether or not they cared is another story. But I was finally in front of them. So for a starving kid who felt like their issues have never been heard... And when I say my issues... Like, I'm also meaning what I view as my community's issues. I remember just, like, every time I would go into the office to talk about, like, access to this, I would just bring up every Native thing I could think about. Because it's like, let's talk about it while I have this floor. And she pulled me aside one day. And I remember, like, it really hurt my feelings at the time. And I looked up to her a lot. And I still really do. Like, but she was like, look, you're going to, you sound like a radical. You're going to lose a lot of people doing this. Because all people hear is anger coming out of your mouth. They don't hear solution. And I remember, like... That crushed me because I was just like, because it's not what people don't get. And I really don't think people get this. It is not easy to constantly have to address this stuff. 
I get, there's almost a resentment sometimes I have towards people of privilege where it's like, you get to wake up and go to work and just do your job and leave. I have to be your therapist. I have to be your priest because you want to confess these sins of things that I didn't even know you guys existed. And I feel so bad because I wore a war bonnet to Coachella. And I'm just thinking, why are you telling me this? Shut up. And then I have to be their like HR manager. We were having this conversation earlier because it happens to you. And I'm sure it happens to you guys too. It's like, there's so many other things that we have to do. And then somebody wants to know why I'm getting so upset over one thing. And it's like, Stop it. Like, in some ways, I feel like I was born in rage. Like, my, it's not even about my answers. My bones are upset with everything that has happened to us. And yet, I also learned people, when she told me that, and she's somebody I view as a true ally, like, I was just like, okay, like, I am losing people. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a way, and that's where writing came into play. Because up until that point, I don't know. I mean, that to me was sort of the turning point kind of in my career. Because I realized, like, fine. Like, I can sit here and I'm righteous in my rage. I'll never apologize for it. I have the right to be angry in this country. I have the right to be angry with people who are profiting from the system that's based on my erasure. I am right to be upset with them. And when people want to pull this card about, well, it wasn't me, it was my grandparents. Where do you think you got your intergenerational wealth? Like, where do you think you got these benefits? Question the systems that... Yeah. that surround you is what I'm saying because I have to question it every single day when someone wants to tell me you're how old and you don't have this mm-hmm. these like key markers of success that they have no because I got like I still got to take care of my family because that's part of my culture I still got to take care of this I still have to be down for all these other things that you don't even think about I have to be fluent in my culture I have to be fluent in like your culture and then at the end of the day you turn around and I'm not even really allowed at your table unless like, and I think that's where I was like, you know what? Okay. I, I can try and subvert the system and maybe like, and it's funny. Cause it's like, I think of all the energy and like time and commitment you spend when you're doing academic papers and no one reads them. Like maybe five people do. Um, yet at the same time you do one like commercial or you do one like, um, like short film or clip like this and it gets like sometimes like you know tweets will get like 20,000 retweets and it's like I got more retweets on this thing that I probably misspelled stuff and I've put emojis on but we're talking because I mean during COVID I was just I mean that's how am I I felt so isolated and I felt so because it's like again I live in these two worlds and like here I am trying to get people to understand like we have a lot of issues but when people are complaining like oh it's so bad for us in new york it's bad for us to pay attention to us too and we had to give you like the way that the system is structured it was like fema had this like rule at the beginning where if you try to donate supplies directly to the navajo nation it had to go to fema first which would get rerouted because they had to decide what group gets it. Do you think they're ever going to side with us? Even though, again, per capita, we have more cases. Yeah. (laughs) And that becomes this big thing because it's like, I mean, I'm aware that the government dislikes us. I'm aware that people don't know we exist. I'm aware. But when I'm actively seeing my community die, when I'm actively seeing I had a cousin die, like when I'm actively seeing this and I can't do anything about it, like I can't like what what there's a feeling of just like it's that all that anger that you've been repressing to like subvert things. It's all that anger coming out like, yeah. But then doesn't, like, that's, I wanted to know about this because doesn't the U.S. have, like, a legit, like, obligation in writing to provide health care? Like, in, yeah in like, several treaties? Yeah, so like, that's, so- I, it's Indian Health Service called IHS for short. But keep in mind, have you ever thought about, you know when doctors lose licenses where they go? No. When, or like you know oh, when somebody whoa. gets in trouble or they get put on probation where <gasps> they go what the fuck um, have you you know they literally send like shut the fuck up right now my mind just got blown this right is like this dark. is yeah like this and that's not to say there, there are also there are also some amazing amazing doctors but these I'm are sure. very very rural communities 
who don't have a lot of funding. You have to, you're basically saying, because again, we weren't allowed to go to school until 1968. Um, they had us in other schools before then, and everyone loves to tell me the history of Yale and Dartmouth and how they were built to educate native. No, specifically that quote said, let's educate the native out of the man, kill the Indian, save the man. And I'll never stop saying that. That's why I'm a firm believer in tribal colleges and universities and other minority serving institutions like HBCUs, because they are an integral part to us teaching us. And that doesn't mean, and then when people get upset and say, well, you're not going to get the true experience if you don't like go to a mainstream school. I grow up in white culture. That is America. Like I will, I am fluent in speaking about Justin Bieber and about like <laughs> whatever else. I'm trying to think of things like TikTok. Like <laughs> it's like I can. We can talk about vaping and whatever else. Like I don't know. Like it, it's one of those things where it's like. It's not about that. And we don't talk about white people at the schools. That's the thing. I think people are afraid that we're going to like, white people are, no. Why does everything have to involve you guys? You know what it's we talk about? We talk about how beautiful we are. We talk about how beautiful our culture is. Something that like, I was, growing up, you're told your culture is savage. It's backwards. People will laugh at you if you say that you have to reuse water, like haul water. You don't have electricity. What type of place do you live in? And it's like, I lived in a beautiful place, a hard place that wasn't, that we didn't set it up this way. The government did. Let's talk about those things. And so I think COVID just sort of brought to surface for a lot of us. It became so traumatic in this much larger way because it's, a lot of us are already like, I mean, I have immense guilt that I'm not on the res because that's one of the things that happens is like you leave the res and then your family is like, oh, you think you're too good for us. But you come back home and it's like, what am I supposed to do? We have like a cash loan place in a pawn shop. And I'm not even joking like that. And the, oh, yeah, yeah, we have a gas station. I have four degrees and those are amazing places like any job is a good job. But is that the best use of my skill at this point? But me leaving the res, does that make me any less native? And yet if I stay on the res, that's what they want me to do to exist in this bubble and I leave the res and I'm gonna tell all of our secrets. I'm gonna tell everyone how the government is treating us. And yeah, like they're gonna keep trying to tell me that like, oh, it cannot be that bad. Like there's no way, but it's like, look at what's going on. The fact that South Korea knew more about COVID and was, cause mm -hmm. again, Indigenous people are not, like, every land has had its own indigenous people. And the thing is, other countries are more well-versed in what's going on here because they're not invested in our erasure. Like, this government is just so intent in erasing us, they stay quiet. I haven't heard a single official announcement. I, I think Trump made one comment about, the Trump administration made one, like, there was one press briefing where they briefly talked about COVID. They talked about it in relation to one tribe, which again, there's 567, say them all. Like, you don't have to name check every single one, but you have to acknowledge that, again, different sets of things. And then also talk about why the issue is harder there because of the limited resources. Also because white people keep wanting to go on vacation. Right when quarantine happened, the amount of people who decided to run to the res exposing us to their diseases, which again, not the first time it's mm -hmm. happened, but like <laughs> exposing us to their wow, diseases because repeating itself like for Because to them, it was like, let's go to this isolated place where no one's around. And it's like, but we're still here. And they kept doing that. There was this couple that tried to run to Nunavut, which is a very, like, it's not a small community. It's very large in terms of land space, but it's small in terms of like, per capita or population. And it's out in Canada, like remote area. And they decided to fly there with no sort of, this is after quarantine happened and people were talking because COVID was horrible for First Nations as well. They decided to fly there because they didn't have a place to stay or anything. They just thought they could hang out there. Because again, we're not people. Putting us at risk mm -hmm. isn't anything. Yeah. Um, we still have people who keep wanting to go to the Grand Canyon and visit it when all of this is going on, not realizing if they get sick, and I get sick, and we're both at the same Indian Health Service clinic, there's probably only one ventilator on the entire Navajo Nation. Oh, that's fucked up. Who do you Whoa. think they're going to choose to save first? The person that they don't even see is a person, or the white person who they can relate to? 
I had seen that, like, in Seattle, for example, they were saying, like, because of the lack of aid from the government that they're, like, we're basically really relying on Native-owned businesses for donations. We did want to ask you, like, are there, like, certain places for, one, to, like, donations for what's going on with COVID? Also, learning resources, because, like, fuck, man, like, there's so much that I feel people don't know every time we talk to you. We learn really so much. Yeah, I mean, there's amazing, like, you have, there's amazing organizations, and we can get into... I don't know if you want me to name check all of them, um, which I can. I can send you links. Um, and I, But I also think it's really important because, again, we're not a monolith. Well, people want us to just be happy with the bare minimum. They've done this to every marginalized group in the U.S. Haven't we given you guys enough because we just kind of stopped killing some of you? Like, that's basically what they tell us. Like, we didn't kill all of you guys and we gave you a reservation. Like, you should be happy. It's like... And so one of the things that happens is like people get comfortable with saying like this is this is one native person who can answer everything and this is one native resource that works for everything. I think it's great to get a wide swatch because again there's there's a lot of disagreement in Indian country on how to handle some of this and I think there's a lot of people on Twitter who I look up to who speak about this and their specific experiences. Um and how their reservation is handling it. I don't, like when you're talking about, if, you, if you're just talking about straight donations, I think Navajo, the Navajo Hopi COVID relief is probably one of the biggest because it was the biggest and it has the most network in terms of helping, but that's specifically Navajo and Hopi. Those are just two tribes out of many. And there's a lot of native owned businesses and stuff like this, but there's also a lot of people who suddenly and I've seen this happen a lot where it's like people, people don't have a problem profiting off of our death. Um, and so I always get sort of like nervous because it's like in the middle of a pandemic, you who never has never spoken about native rights or anything is suddenly wanting to sell like masks with handprints saying that donations are going to go to give supplies. Are they though? Like, Let's fact check this. And I don't know, maybe that's too dark to get into. But the, I mean, that that came up last week on this other organization I was working with because we were just questioning, like, it doesn't make sense to be taking overhead when our people are dying. And then people want to talk about, like, good business and sh stuff. like Keep that out of our mouths right now. This isn't about me not understanding business. Our people are dying and you're wanting to take an overhead for your time. Like, that's ridiculous to me. That is ridiculous. And then again, we've seen this, we're seeing this going on right now with Black Lives Matters, where there's a lot of people who are just more interested in the performative aspect of it. I wanna show people, that I want people to see me care, but I don't actually wanna care. Like, and it's yeah. like, oh my God, like. It's like America's like a teenager. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. It's so annoying. It's like, look so self-absorbed. Yeah. Oh. Look at me. And I think, Although to see the other, not the other side, but I, I think to, to your point about is there one thing that I, I think a lot of people are becoming more aware of this and they don't know where to look either. Again, I like organizations like Illuminatives and I like organizations like um, uh, a uh, National Congress of American Indian and I like organizations like this, but they're also very overwhelmed on their end and not able to address everything. And like, and again, somebody gets left out. And so sometimes it's better. I always tell people, start with where you live. Look at the land and ask whose land you're on. And that doesn't mean that you're not allowed to live here. That's not what I'm trying to tell people. I'm trying to tell people, understand the territory you're on. Like right now in Portland, I'm on Chinook territory. Like understand the land that you're on. Are we right now? Yeah. Like um, there's also this, this is an interesting trade route. So there's multiple <laughs> tribes like Warm Springs and Yakima that have like uh, claims to this land as well. But the thing is, understand where you're from. And then perhaps you can try reaching if you want to do something more and you don't know where to go. Just unlearning our erasure, unlearning that marginalization is a great step. And then also looking to, I always, this is, one of my key points when I want to question anyone who wants to purport themselves as like a savior or something like this, it's, all right, it's great that you're on CNN saying this, but what have you done for your neighborhood? 
Like, not just what have you done on a grand scale, but what are you actually doing at your neighborhood? Like, so, yeah, 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 we can help all these tribes. And that's super important. But I think if people started looking at the areas that they're in and helping those around, Oregon has seven different tribes. We can try, like, one of those, like, reaching out to them first and saying, do you need help? Because that's the other thing. Not all tribes are in the same position. You have some tribes where everyone is completely urban, I mean, I've been, I was like, this is a fancy res. Like, you guys have a resort down here. You guys have, you know, it's so different reservations, different cases. But I, right now, my heart is just, like, breaking for Navajo and Hopi. And I think that also, like, I mean, again, not to say, like, this isn't going on in South Dakota or North Dakota. But for Navajo Hopi, the Navajo Hopi COVID relief is one of the best I've seen. Also, there's numerous Facebook groups that are dedicated to this where you can see people actively because that's the other thing. Like, even though we have sovereign nations and we have our own governments. Is there something specific you would search in Facebook? Yeah, I would. So always search. Usually if something is like Native American, like group. That's probably not us, but if, okay. but if it's like Mohican Muncie, this or that, or Paiute Shoshone, it's the names using our names for ourselves. That's why with Navajo, one of the things is it's it's actually Dene. Navajo is the government. You know, it's Dene is what's used, and so a lot of outsiders oftentimes don't know that. But if you start to understand and unravel those roots, then as you start to know the land that you're on and the communities that you're around. So I would look up specific tribe names. It's really important as like the more representation we get that we start stressing that, but I don't want to overload people at the beginning with like, I mean, I think all of us could prattle on all day about like issues within this. And I definitely could, but I, I just, I would say start looking by tribe, but also start with yourself and start unlearning the things that you've been told and start unlearning when they try to pit us against each other, start learning how to recognize that. When they started saying, New York is getting all these ventilators and like if they take it from us, what's gonna happen? Well, look at the na- like the numbers in your state. Do you even have high numbers? Let's take care of those people who are in need right like now. People, like- Bought all the toilet paper at Costco. Oh yeah, those yeah. bastards. We're gonna, guys. We're gonna provide um, links and resources to the things that Robin's um, talking about right now on our social. <laughs> now it's time for the final review. <laughs> How does everyone feel? I'm fucking baked. I'm super baked. Like this. It has a way of like you can either micro focus, but the moments like an ant, the moment something's in your path, you forget it all. Like, uh, yeah. uh, my mouth is dry. Uh, actually, it's weird for an indica. I'm not like sleepy. I'm just more like kind of relaxed. Re- I'm super like, relaxed. Super relaxed. Like, like like I can't believe how relaxed, but not sleepy. But not sleepy. <laughs> like I could watch like a good action movie marathon right now though. <laughs> I don't know why that comes to mind. How about you? Yeah. <laughs> Did it wear off? No, it's oh. like, it's one of those things where it's like, I, it's, when I'm focused and I'm, I can prattle, but the moment something like comes in, then I like completely forget what I just said like 10 seconds ago. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, that's it, pretty fast and it's pretty heavy. It Good. hits you really fast. That's probably one of the fastest hitting strains I've had. This is what I consider I like, good movie weed. Like, yeah, it's not, that's what because I'm it's saying. Like it's hard to go from scene to scene. No, but that's why I like an action movie. That's why I was saying I could watch like a bunch of action movies Fast right and now. Fast and Furious yeah, because it's just like there's a car. Yeah. yeah, like not really dialogue, but like you know, cool shit to watch. <laughs> Look at. It was pretty good, though. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us again. Yeah, thank Did you we, so much. Yeah. Thank you guys for the, like, platform. Plus, this is always fun. Robin, yeah, thank you so much for joining us, getting high with us again. It has been lovely, as usual. Um, and we always have a good time. Yeah. And uh, also, we just want to thank everybody listening and say thanks for joining us on our journey for higher tolerance today. We hope you enjoyed it, and I really hope you learned something. Um, We certainly did. And just remember, always be 
cool or, or kind and righteous to everyone you meet because you never know what the fuck someone's dealing with today or putting up with. So, uh, yeah, thank you and good day. Thank you. <laughs> this episode of High Tolerance was produced by Sarita Wesley, editing Sarah Minacho, theme music and mixed by Overcoast Music. And also, we want to do a special shout out to Rosebud Growers and Relief Health. <laughs>